Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday, and welcome back to Rice BSM Podcasts. Today's podcast will be a special summary episode of the series Finding Our Purpose, which we've been going through for the past five Thursdays. If you're new to this podcast, my name is Jordan Killinger, and I am one of the lead team members from Rice Baptist Student Ministries, or BSM. My co-leader Ella and I produce two podcasts every week, one on Thursdays and one on Sundays, in the hopes of, of uplifting and encouraging you all. Thanks for joining us for this special episode, and with that, let's begin our rundown of the series, Finding Our Purpose. So in the first episode of this series, I asked the question, why are we talking about purpose? Here's the answer. It's important to have a purpose in your life. One psychological study from 2014 reported that individuals who feel they have a purpose in life lived longer on average than those who did not. Moreover, in another 2019 study from Harvard Health Publishing, researchers found that, quote, having more life purpose is associated with a lower rate of death from cardiovascular disease and blood conditions and from digestive conditions. They also talked about in that article how there's some evidence that those with a, a sense of greater purpose in life are, quote, less perturbed by various stressors and also recover more quickly when they're stressed out. These are extremely powerful findings, especially if you're a stressed out rice student. And throughout this series, I've challenged you to think about the idea of purpose and how it ultimately relates to God instead of other things in this world. It was in this episode that I introduced the series theme Bible verse, Bible verse, which I, and I hope you now too, have memorized, which is Philippians 3, 3. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. In the second episode, I asked the questions, do our lives have a purpose and what gives our lives meaning? Here are the answers. I argue that something has to give our lives meaning, inherent value, before our lives can have a purpose. A valuable item ultimately has a purpose. It is ultimately God who gives our lives inherent value for three reasons. Firstly, he creates us in his image. Secondly, Jesus redeemed us through his death and resurrection. And thirdly, because God can work in our lives and do amazing things through that work. So now, let's talk about the scripture verses and ideas that back up these three reasons our lives have value. Firstly, we have value because God creates us in his image. Psalm 139 verses 13 through 14 say, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. We should take the psalmist's words literally. To this day, God forms us as a potter molds his clay in our mother's womb from the moment that we are conceived. From the moment the sperm and ovum meet and become one, we are alive and bear God's image. We see in Genesis um, verse 127 that God makes the first humans, Adam and Eve, in his image. And so because they were, every human that has ever lived or will live on this earth is made in the image of God. Bearing the image of God means more than having a physical resemblance. It means that our character reflects God's character and that we are God's representatives and stewards in this world. More, however, because Adam and Eve sinned, we now, live and we now live bearing this fallen image of God. 
We still have some of his qualities, like the capacity to love and to create, but we are not perfect or sinless like God. However, we are still God's wonderful, valuable works, despite this fallen image. All right, so the first reason our lives have inherent value is because God creates us in his image. The second, reasons, the second reason our lives have value is because Jesus redeemed us from our sins through his death on the cross and resurrection from the dead. This is recorded in, in all four Gospels, and it's predicted throughout the entire Old Testament. Also, Christians alone were not bought with this price. Everyone was bought by Jesus' death and resurrection and therefore has great value. God sent his one and only son, fully God and fully man, to die for us. However, the purchase is only credited to us through faith that Jesus did this for us to save us from our sins and our sinful nature. The third and final reason our lives have value is because of what God can do through us here on earth. I think the best summary of this idea comes from the informational insert in my study Bible called Life's God-Given Value. It reads, Value comes from what God is able to do in and through his children, not from the capabilities of his children. In his letters to the Colossian and Ephesian churches, Paul says that God is able to do far more abundantly than we all ask or think, and that this abundant power of God is at work within us. Friends, God still works in the life of the deformed baby who only lives a few hours. He still works in the life of a 95-year-old grandmother with with severe dementia. And he still works in the lives of believers and unbelievers today, thereby giving value to everyone from the zygote in the womb to the elderly person in the hospital. So because our lives have this inherent value, the answer to the question, do our lives have a purpose, is really quite simple. It's yes, they do. The next three questions I asked in this series are intimately tied. Firstly, who defines our purpose? Secondly, why does he define our purpose? And lastly, where should I find my identity? The first and third questions have the same answer, God. These episodes just answer the question in different ways using different parts of scripture. But notice how scripture is still consistent, right? <laughs> but more on that later. So the answer to the first question, who defines our purpose, is God. Now, out of all the things in this world, why should we look to God as the definer of our purpose? In this summary, I'm going to provide a little more scriptural evidence to the argument I made for this answer. Firstly, God is perfect. He's not sinful like us. In Deuteronomy 32 verse 4, Moses says that God is the rock and, quote, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. The psalmist affirms this fact. In Psalm 18, verse 30, he writes that, quote, God's way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. So God is perfect, and so is his word, the Bible. It is flawless, not contradictory. So the first reason we should seek God as the definer of our purpose is because he is perfect, unlike the other things in this world that are not. Secondly, we should look to God as the definer of our purpose because of his mighty power and all that he has done. He spoke this entire world into being. Everything on earth, 
life's processes, even the stars in the sky. The psalmist writes in Psalm 19, verse 1, that, quote, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. The one true God is an amazing, powerful, brilliant God. The prophet Isaiah says in chapter 55, verse 9, that for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways and God's thoughts higher than our thoughts. God is smarter than all of us, and he knows how things are working behind the scenes much better than we do, because ultimately he's orchestrating them. And I use that word orchestrate carefully and purposefully. As a final reason why we should see God as the definer of our purpose is because he loves us. He tells us so in one of the most famous Bible verses ever recorded in his perfect word. John three sixteen, which says, God so loved the world, us, so that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God proves his unfailing love for us in the three stories described in our podcast. The stories of Adam and Eve, Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, and Jesus himself, God's only son. Adam and Eve's story shows us that despite our sin, God still loves us. After Adam and Eve sinned and doomed the entirety of creation with them, God gave them hope, saying that the offspring of the woman, Jesus, would defeat the devil and save humanity from their sins, sealing the separation between man and God brought about by sin. This is also an act of mercy. God shows compassion and love to Adam and Eve. He has every right to punish them for sinning against his command. But we also see God's mercy in the fact that he clothed the naked Adam and Eve after the fall. God has every right to punish these people for what they have done, but rather he chooses to care for them and love them and provide them with hope. Meanwhile, the story of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz shows us that despite all the hardships we face in this world, God still loves us and is working for our good. Naomi and Ruth both, both lost their beloved husbands and were essentially worthless in the eyes of their culture as widows. After traveling back to Naomi's home country of Israel, the Moabite Ruth soon met a worthy man of God named Boaz, who praised Ruth for her loyalty to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Boaz eventually married Ruth, redeeming Ruth and Naomi from their terrible cultural situation and providing for all their needs. So despite all the hardships Ruth and Naomi endured, God showed that he loved them and that he was still working for their good through Boaz, Ruth, and Naomi's happy ending. Lastly, God shows how much he loves us in the fact that he sent his only son, Jesus, to take on human flesh and die and rise again for our sins. Adam and Eve's sins created a separation between our perfect God and now fallen humanity we sinned, we do to this day. And as Paul writes, the wages of sin is death, according to Romans 6.23. So out of his immense, unimaginable love for us, God sent Jesus, who lived a perfect life here on earth, to die in our place for our sins, so that we may have his righteousness and no longer be separated from God. This gift of forgiveness and grace and redemption is ours in faith that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, that he died for our sins. But Jesus didn't die any regular death. He was whipped until bloody, 
had a crown of th- had a crown of nail-like thorns pressed into his head, had nails like railroad spikes nailed into his wrists and ankles, and died a terrible, terrible death of suffocation, essentially, on that cross. God sent his son to die that death. Jesus was willing to die that death because he loved us that much. What Jesus went through was merited by our sins. And he loved us so much that he would take that on and take our place and die that death instead. He didn't deserve that torture, but he didn't want to see us endure that for the rest of eternity as a result of our sins. Jesus overcame sin, death, and the devil, that very serpent who tricked Adam and Eve when he rose again from the dead that Easter morning. The cross didn't win. Through faith that Jesus did all, that all, did all of these things and cleansed us from our sins, we too now have overcome sin, death, and the devil. So that's how much God loves us, friends. He loves us to death and life again. Praise be to God. So let's look to our good, loving, and gracious God always as the definer of our purpose, knowing that he has a better plan in mind and purpose for our lives than whatever we could come up with or find in this world. In a similar vein, we should look to God as the one in whom we find our identity. Paul writes in Philippians 3 verses 8 through 9, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Like Paul says, nothing in this life is of any value compared to knowing Christ. Besides knowing Christ, everything in this world that could potentially define us is a loss. It's something that hinders us from knowing Christ and resting in his truth for us. Through Christ, we are freed from our sins that chain us. Through Christ, we no longer have to care what anyone thinks of us. Knowing Christ as our Lord and Savior is worth more than all the money in this world, worth more than the greatest success in life, worth more than beauty or a perfect self-image, worth more than a rice degree. When we gain Christ and are found in him through faith, we have his perfect righteousness, his perfect righteousness. Our forgiveness, our promise of eternal life in bliss is found in Jesus. That is worth way more than the greatest things this world has to offer? Why should we put our confidence in the flesh, the things of this world, when what Jesus offers us is worth so much more? So let us, like Paul, find ourselves in Jesus. So the last question I asked in this series relates to its title, what is our purpose? And here is the answer we've been chasing after all this series. Shocker, it's found in scripture, God's word. Our threefold purpose is described in Philippians 3.3. For we Christians are the circumcision who, one, worship by the Spirit of God, two, glory in Christ Jesus, and three, put no confidence in the flesh. Worshiping our God through the Holy Spirit looks like doing two things. One, loving God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, as Mark 12.30 puts it, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. Loving God with our whole being looks like putting God first in our lives, 
showing respect, honor, and awe to him and loving him and trusting him above all things, even ourselves and our desires. We worship God through reading the Bible, speaking to him in prayer, trusting him and putting his will for our lives above our own and doing what he calls us to do in his word. Meanwhile, loving your neighbor looks like forgiving them, praying for your neighbor, and above all things, putting their needs and desires above your own, just like Jesus did for us. Loving our neighbor means we want to fulfill the needs and desires our neighbor has as much as we wish to, to fulfill our own personal needs. Lord, help us to do these things and give us the strength to do them. The next part of our threefold purpose is to glory in Christ Jesus. That entails boasting of Jesus' saving power in his resurrection, as Philippians 3.10 puts it, and sharing this good news with others. The final part of our purpose is to put no confidence in the flesh. When we find our identity in Jesus, we have no reason to boast of our flesh's saving power, as if it had any, because our flesh has no saving power. Our sinful flesh only condemns us, while Jesus and his power redeems us. Moreover, everything in this world that could define us, our car, our hair, our gender, our sexuality, our race, our talents, our degree, is rubbish compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. This is not to say you are not fearfully and wonderfully made by God, endowed with unique abilities and talents that you can use to glorify God and help others. Rather, we should not find our confidence in such worldly things, but look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, as the, writers of, as the writer of Hebrews says, as the source of our confidence and purpose and personhood. Glory be to Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Well, friends, I hope you've enjoyed listening and learning about how God answers life's biggest questions and his word throughout these past few weeks. I know for me, it has been a joy to walk alongside you all and learn about our purpose with you. I hope that if you are ever struggling with questions like, does my life matter? What is my life's purpose? Or any others like that, that you listen again to this podcast series or even this summary episode and find comfort and meaning in God's word. That's the benefit of recording these things after all. And with that, friends, rest in the knowledge that God's word is truth. He is perfect, so his word is perfect. Nothing can stand against it. Rest in the knowledge that you have a purpose, that your life has value, and that you are, and that who you are is whose you are. You are, Christ, are Jesus Christ's, and he is yours. As a final word of encouragement, I want to share with you the Holy Spirit's words written by Paul in Ephesians 2.10. May they provide assurance and encouragement to you as you live out your purpose, your God-given purpose for the rest of your life. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And with that, I'll close this podcast. Thank you again for tuning into this special episode summarizing the last two and a half hours or so of content in our series, Finding Our Purpose. I hope you'll tune in next week as we begin our new series on anxiety and how to give our worries over to Jesus. Please let us know if you have any feedback or recommendations. Ella and I would love to discuss and incorporate any ideas that y'all have, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us.
either in person or via email. You can always reach me via email at jek6 at rice.edu. Or you can catch me in person at a BSM event coming soon. For instance, at 7 a.m. this Saturday, we'll be at Martell. I look forward to being with you again next Thursday. Always know that you are loved dearly by us and most importantly, by God. God's blessings to you as you go throughout this day and have a great week.